Welcome to the best podcast available, Training Camp Edition. Here are your hosts, Jason Gibbs, Andrew Gribble, and Nick Shook. And we welcome you to First Energy Stadium, home of the Cleveland Browns. And they finally let us out of the dog bowl as the orange and brown scrimmage is complete here at First Energy Stadium. It's a beautiful day here at the stadium. Uh, temperatures in the 80s, almost a little hot. Fans in the seats nearly two hours before this whole thing got started. Uh, you know, it, it was advertised as a scrimmage. And we saw a little bit of scrimmaging, especially in hour number two. I'm Jason Gibbs. He's Andrew Gribble. No, he's Nick Shook. That's how this day's going. It's Andrew Gribble after a and, week in the weight room. Oh, yeah, yeah, normally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how this. <laughs> he's trying to be the biggest loser in our competition in the, in the office and currently working his way towards it. That's Andrew Gribble on the far end who's competing for that. Shook doesn't have to compete for that. He's already got the guns out. I lost my weight already. Oh, Hey, and I gained it all. It was great. <laughs> uh, we're recapping the Orange and Brown scrimmage, guys. Uh, big takeaways from you guys as we get started here. Uh, I mean, it was essentially what we've seen at training camp, but mod- boiled down to a field where we're going to see some meaningful action in a, in a month or so. Uh, and it was, I thought, a pretty good day for, again, it was. It followed the theme from this week. Good day for the offense with also some good plays on defense. I liked uh, what I saw from from Baker Mayfield, especially at the end, connecting with Farrell Brown uh, at the end. But uh, I've also like seen what the defense did. There was a series there with the first team offense uh, near the end of the practice where they didn't even, couldn't even get a first down. Uh, just stopped them right away. So uh, a lot of good on on both sides of the ball. And I think it was even though it was a pra- it was it was basically a practice that we've all seen in Berea, but just before a must uh, a large studio audience here at First Energy Stadium, fans were into it, and I think that that helped. Uh, if anyone, that helped the kickers get more of an even bigger pressure situation. Uh, and I thought one kicker did very well in that, that situation with Greg Joseph, and then Austin Seibert still had some issues. Although I will say, I think collectively they did better than I might have anticipated them doing just because we hadn't seen any consistency from them at all. And Greg Joseph hit one from 51 at the end of a situational uh, uh, period in the practice in which you know they had driven down the field to come up short. Uh, and, and Austin Seibert from 33 later hit one, which you know is a more makeable one than a 51, but it's still a tough field goal. So uh, that was encouraging to see. But you know, I the the surprise player of the day maybe, and maybe we're I'm jumping ahead here, but Farrell Brown, uh, a tight end who is getting a lot of reps with the ones because David Njoku was kind of in and out today, and uh, we've seen some some injuries and uh, you know guys on the sideline and out of practice, and Farrell's taking advantage of it. He had a nice day today. He had that one catch where it was like the throw was behind him, yeah. and he made that. I mean, that was that was something we hadn't seen these first few days. I think that the size is there, and mm-hmm. you know he looks the part of that second tight end. It's if he can catch and, and make plays, and he's making plays. Yeah, definitely. I think the other guy that stood out to me, Money Mitch, has put yep. together a couple solid yep. days, and that continued today. And, you know, maybe he got a little – saw that Greedy was getting some first-team reps – Maybe that was a little bit of a motivating factor. I don't think so with a guy like Terrence Mitchell. But uh, Mitchell really put together a couple nice days, including today. Really shined. It's interesting to see where they're uh, playing them in the first and second team and, and also just how they're playing them. And they're going back and forth a little bit. You know, Greedy's not getting all the first team reps. Money Mitch getting more of them uh, today. And definitely taking advantage of them. The thing that I think he really excels at is playing physically. You know, he's he's not – a huge corner, but he's a decent-sized corner. He plays bigger than he is, and he's also all over the receiver. 
in a legal way, not not in in a way that would draw a flag before he he breaks up passes. And, and you're right, he's had I think he's had a really good probably two or three practices. And it's making this competition really interesting. Yeah, and I think we talk about the right guard competition and the rotation. It's a different person every day. It really has been the same thing at cornerback. It seems like whenever someone, whenever it's a greedy day, it's like everyone's like, "Oh, it's greedy's at first team defense," and and no one talks about the other guys. Yeah. It's just, it, so, but it really is a rotation that's included. T.J. Carey. T.J. Carey practiced there on Friday uh, at the outside corner spot and, and is very much in this competition, even to be the outside starting corner. Obviously, I think a lot we all agree that he's he seems like the best fit in the slot. But they they need to get him ready on the outside too. I just look at it as if the Browns have four corners and they're going to figure it out. And that's what we've seen from a rotation standpoint. It, it's really mirrored the the right guard, maybe not as as daily as the right guard situation, but it's it's been rotating pretty good. I think it also speaks to you know the versatility of the back end of this defense as a whole, not just the cornerbacks, but also the safeties. Because with those three safety looks again, you know you might get a guy who's going to play that slot corner role, and he's actually a safety. Uh, or you might go more with a traditional slot corner, and you can do a lot of different things with these guys, which I think only bodes well for what they can do against an opponent because they can give them different looks that are going to confuse the the opposition, that are going to look unfamiliar, that they might not have even seen on tape because they have the capability and the personnel to do it. And it's really encouraging to see that and see so many of these guys playing well uh, through camp so far. All right, quarterback room. Gribble, I'll start with you. Obviously... Baker Mayfield showed some things, especially uh, on that touchdown pass to Farrell Brown and moved the offense up and down the field. What did you see from the backup quarterbacks today? Uh, I mean, they're fine. <laughs> I mean, yeah, is there like, one, like Drew Stanton? Uh, Drew Stanton. He's had a I, couple I, we saw of more days. from Drew Stanton today than I think we did at any point last season. I mean, the, the touchdown pass is great. It was. I mean, that was a great drive. He, I think, he benefited from having a guy like Rashard Higgins working with the second team today. I mean, it, it seemed like he found Rashard maybe three or four times on that drive alone. Uh, and then it, it was such a good touchdown pass that Rashard walked the red carpet at the end. Of it. Yeah, I, I think that was fun for the for the fans as well. And I think we've liked what we've seen from Garrett Gilbert. And I think it's opened the discussion on whether or not this team's going to keep three quarterbacks or not. And I think that maybe at this time in May or April, we would have been like, oh, no, it looks like they're just going to roll with two. But Gilbert's been good enough that you, you could seriously consider if the way the numbers break down that you end up carrying three this year. Yeah, maybe it's not a, a point where you necessarily are you have the luxury of that yeah. because you probably want to fit somebody else in elsewhere. But there's th- these are three candidates. Well, you know, obviously you know what you have in number six, but two candidates behind him who have very strong cases to make this team. All right, offensive lineman guru. Uh, what did you see at the right guard competition today? Today was a cush day, and, and he was solid. There was a, a once or twice where he got caught on skates a little bit, a little bit of his momentum too far back, but overall he was solid. Not an issue at all, not not something that they uh, caused any problems with either the running or the passing game. Ran a lot of play action today and a lot of bootlegs. Got Baker out and running, got Drew Stanton out and running, even got Gary Gilbert out and running a little bit too. So you're not going to get as good of a look, I think, when the action's moving away from a guy. Oftentimes you'll script that because you're, you don't trust your offensive line. That's not the case here. It's just something that is, is a staple in a Freddie Kitchens offense. He loves to run the ball and run out of play action. He'll work off the run, build out that way. So uh, not the easiest, I think, day to, to really get a, a close look at them. But, I mean, they're all playing solid. The thing that strikes me the most, and, and we were talking about this on the sideline, is – I think for as unexpected as this might be, Austin Corbett just looks so natural at center when he's playing second-team center. He looks like he has a very 
firm grasp of, of all the responsibilities that come with playing center. He looks good snapping, and in his first two steps, he's stout. He doesn't give up ground. He's a big guy, and it seems like, you know, they don't have a need at center right now, but it could be in his future, believe it or not. You know, he could end up being the starting right guard, but he is also very – he's proven to be very capable of playing center. Something to watch, I, I would say, is J.C. Treader plays the last year of his contract. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe not something for this year, and hopefully we wouldn't have to have that situation, but maybe some decisions for this front office to make going into the offseason next year. I also think it, it bodes well in case of emergency, you know, yeah. in, in case oh, J.C.'s yeah. health is not at, uh, up to – you know, the level that it needs to be for him to be able to play. And we've seen him get, you know, he's tweaked his ankle this week, and, and I've seen him get rolled up on a few times, I mean, so far, because these inside run periods have been very physical. So, you know, I think it, it is good for the depth of the team and the in-case-of-emergency break-glass situation uh, having Austin Corbett prepared to play center. Defensively, not a lot of tackling to the ground today. What do you take away from the defense? One takeaway from each of you on the defense. Uh, I mean, it's the last couple of days. Of the, the young linebackers have been kind of surging a little bit and, and kind of raising some eyebrows. Again, Mac Wilson with an interception today. That's two straight days. With, and with right the up pick. the middle unscathed on the one uh, on the two-minute drive. At the right. End. And he, I think he's, he's making uh, himself known, especially you've got a Darius Taylor down now, so there's even more opportunities there to kind of get – not not necessarily a starting role, but a firm kind of backup role. We still haven't seen Jadard Avery out here in a while. Unsure really how much linebacking he's even going to do. But uh, these two rookies are playing at a level that makes you feel good about the depth at that position. You know, I, that's kind of was the point I was kind of go with. I was kind to go, I was going to go with. Uh, it's okay, but it's it, been a long yeah, couple yeah, weeks. Exactly. Uh, but I'm going to go d- a little bit different here and go defensive line uh, because some interesting contributors at the defensive tackle position, especially since Sheldon Richardson has had a couple off days. Um, you know, we've seen some decent play from Trevon Coley and also from Daniel Aquale, who, you know, was is a name that a lot of people might not be familiar with, but he has, seen, he has seemed to be a pretty effective traditional one technique. He's a gap plugger. He's a guy who's going to command a double team and in, eat up two blockers successfully, and he's also getting a little bit of penetration back there. Coley made a nice tackle for loss early in the practice today. So uh, that, that's been somewhat encouraging because you always have to worry about depth. And when you have one of those new guys that you're going to expect a lot from all of a sudden not playing, you're going to need to make sure that you've got somebody behind him who's capable. And it seems like they've got at least a couple right there. And it's also an interesting position to watch as we trim down this roster. That's what happened at the Orange and Brown scrimmage here at First Energy Stadium. For more on the scrimmage, our own Andrew Gribble had a chance to sit down with one of the leaders of this offense in guard, Joel Betonio. Have a listen. All right, Joel, you guys are about 10 days into camp right now and then kind of having a big event with all the fans here. What do you, what do you think you got out of today's scrimmage? Yeah, first and foremost, it was pretty cool to uh, see all the fans out here. You know, I know we came in, the whole lower bowl was uh, pumped up and, and packed, and then the club section, I think, was was full as well. It was uh, it was pretty cool to walk out here. field looked great. And, and just to get out in front of fans, different atmosphere. I know a lot of the young guys, it's good to be in the stadium before that first preseason game. And then just from an offensive line standpoint, what do you, what, how do you feel like you guys have been progressing so far? And now that you guys have gotten the pads on eight straight days, how, how's, how's it been going from that point? Yeah, it's, it's been fun, you know, pretty physical out there. You know, we've done a lot of live run periods and things of that nature. And it's, uh, it's been pretty intense, but I think we're trying to improve, you know. They're putting us in not the best situations. You know, we have like, you know, three uh, downs to get 10 yards and the defense, those are running. So they're blitzing safeties and corners and, 
fill in every gap, but it's only going to put both sides in a better position. So it's it's one of those things where it's like, hey, we're working right now, but hopefully when we get to the game, it's easier for us. Is that the first kind of camp you've been in where the coach is literally telling the defense what you guys are trying to run and, and where you're running it, and you have to just basically out-block them? Um, I think so. You know, I, I mean, we'll run a play. We have a script usually, like three plays, and after the first play, Freddie will just yell, we're running it right here, we're running it right here, and He's not lying either. It's not like we're running play action pass. We just run the ball right there. And he just wants to know that they can stop the ball and hopefully we can get some runs out of it, make it as tough as possible. Just flipping it around, what have you – I know the guys have been banged up a little bit, but what have you thought of the, the two new additions to the defensive line and how much problems they've caused you guys? Yeah, they're good players. Um, you know, I, I really enjoy working with Sheldon because um, he's a smart, good player. You know, he works hard, but he also is going to help me improve. I'm going to help him improve, and it's been, a, it's been a fun battle in camp. And then OV is uh, – He's very technical. You know, Miles is a freak athlete, no doubt about it. But Ovi does a great job of being very deliberate with his moves. And I think for the tackles, that's really good. They get to see two different rushers that can um, give them two different worlds that they're going to be dealing with this year. You've been in the room when there's some competitions going on at position. you got three guys at right guard right now. What What's just the dynamics like between those guys, and, and how does that work with you where you're at a left guard? Yeah, all of them uh, are very good with each other. The line room is, is a fun room to be in. Uh, no matter if we're competing or not. And, uh, you know, all three of those guys are very focused on their goal. You know, they all want to be that starting right guard, but they're also all trying to help improve this team. Um, it's been fun to be around. You know, I, I know a lot of times you want to have that group of five ready to go, but when you have, uh, you know, three guys competing, hopefully the best guy rises and he becomes even better than he was before. We saw him out there today, and he looks kind of natural doing it. What have you thought of Corbett as a, as a center out there? Yeah, he, um, he's improving there. You know, he got a lot of reps last year when J.C. was banged up, didn't practice as much. So he got a bunch of reps playing center last year, and um, he's improved all the time. You know, Campy's done a good job of putting him in some good positions where he can actually run some drills and learn how to play center instead of just practicing all the time last year. But it's a position that, you know, he might have to play in the future. But um, I think he's just trying to be the best player he can be, and that happens to get some reps at center too. I know you were here in 2014. There was a lot of buzz about the team with Johnny and everything like that, a lot of excitement. What makes this excitement feel a little bit different going into this season? Um, I think we have the players. You know, I think Johnny was kind of a little bit unproven. Yeah. Um, but here we have guys that have done it in the NFL. And that's pretty cool to be around. You know, even the guys we've brought in, you know, Odell, OV, Sheldon, they've all played at a high level in the NFL. And then you have Baker, who's proved it over whatever it was, 13 games last year. So you have those things, and that kind of – says, hey, we actually have the ability instead of just thinking we might have the ability. What have you thought of Baker just in general with his second season here? Oh, he's done a great job. I think he's uh, become even a bigger leader for us. You know, he's always been vocal, but he's uh, he's smart with it. You know, he, he calls out guys when he needs to. He leads by example. Um, he's intense in the huddle when he has to be, and he's laid back when he needs to be too. Overall, I mean, I've seen a big leap, and hopefully it – comes out on the field as well and last one just about the defense in general what have you just seen from them it just seems it seems like they've given you guys some problems is, is that a reflection of how good they might be this season yeah they've done a good job they've thrown a lot of blitzes at us and uh you know to be fair a nine on seven period when you're running the ball <laughs> is a little bit defensive friendly you know or a team pass period when you're just passing the ball is pretty uh pretty pass friendly but they've done some good things they've shown some good looks i wouldn't want a game plan for them at least from a blitz perspective, they've thrown a lot of things out where we've had to really sit back and be like, how are we going to pick this up? So it's been uh, 
it's been pretty fun to battle with them, and, and hopefully that will help us see all the looks we're going to see during the season. One more real quick. Just how, well, how's training camp life as a dad here, first one in the NFL as a dad? Yeah, it's different. You know, it's a little sadder. You know, I don't get to go home to my wife and uh, – and little baby Zoe, but um, it's been very cool to see him come after practice and get to hang out for that 10 or 15 minutes after practice and kind of see her grow from day to day. When they're young, it's uh, it's pretty magical how quickly they grow up, but um, it's been really fun, and, and you know I'm blessed to have a healthy family and be able to play football, so it's been all around pretty cool. Good stuff there from Joel Batonio, business-like day. Andrew Gribble uh, on the offensive line. Yeah, you know, it was interesting. The My favorite thing to ask him in that interview was, you know, we've seen it a lot in practice, but I asked him, you know, about – have you ever been in a camp where the your coach tells the defense what play you're running? And he said, no, <laughs> he hasn't. But it's it's something where they've it's challenging this offensive line. And I, I think if anyone, we talk about this tough physical camp, it's been the toughest on those guys. I mean, that those guys have been taking a beating because Nick Chubb's obviously running in, inside a lot, but he's not getting tackled to the ground. Those guys are have, playing game steps over and over and over again. Uh, and, and hopefully they'll be for the better of it. And, you know, for Joel Batonio, he's been through – his first season ever here was with hype at an all-time high with Johnny Manziel in town. But now, as he said, it, this is legitimate because they've got players. And I think that, that that's got him really excited as now one of the longest tenured guys in the entire team. That's a good point about the wear and tear, uh, tear on an offensive lineman you know, throughout camp because you, know, you, you see guys run routes and they catch passes and they might get tapped. They're not, sometimes they're not even hit. They're just tapped. And you know, that's, that's less – that's less physical impact on the body over time. Whereas, you know, you're right. These guys are, are playing full go every snap, every down, not only in team, but also in the inside run when they're in group session and in individual sometimes when they're going with one-on-ones. Because these, I mean, these practices so far have been structured to where they'll get that inside run in, which is a lot, and then they immediately go and do one-on-ones afterward, and then they work their way right back into team. I mean, from that, basically from beyond individual on is a – a lot of work for these guys on a daily basis, and they're handling it very well, and they are making incremental improvements. So, you know, it, it's it's definitely good to see, but you're right. A lot of talent on this team and reason for, for people to be excited, and, and we saw it today. I mean, the turnout here was incredible. It was absolutely fantastic. I felt like I was at uh, the home opener. It was that loud, and people were that excited to watch these guys come out of the tunnel. I, I was going to say, the introductions of each position group got louder and louder and louder, and then you knew what the last two position groups yep. were, a wide receiver, and a quarterback, and uh, obviously the biggest roars uh, from the fan base. Uh, at, at least 31,000 tickets were, were purchased. And I, I imagine there say, were some walk-ups with the weather. Yeah, I would think that you had that and then some today. And they stayed for most of this practice as well. So a good environment for what these guys are going to see Thursday night. And then, obviously, you can double it for what they're going to see in September. I have a feeling it's not going to be your typical – preseason attendance this Thursday. I think it's no. going to be pretty high. Yeah, I, I think you're going to have plenty, at least for the first half, uh, yeah. and, and we'll kind of see what happens. All right, we actually have a day off tomorrow. Yep. I, I actually get a day off tomorrow. <laughs> like you guys had a couple met- – you guys had a mental health day. Couple. Tuesday, don't, yeah, don't. Tuesday was a fake day off. Was I wasn't fake. in the office, but I was in the office mentally. Yeah. I was there. So it wasn't I was wor- a mental I was working. health day. No. No. <laughs> It was a don't drive in the car to Berea work day. I was I was working from home and legitimately working from home. Not, I got not it. The, not All the right. working so from home. I, I you know I've got to I've got to apologize for that then. So my apologies. Now you drove in. That was a, that was an extra effort. Yeah, it was good job. It was uh, day off tomorrow for all of us, including the team. Tom- on Monday it's officially game week. So practice and camp Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday your walkthrough day, Thursday welcome to game day. 
And uh, it'll be interesting to see how Freddie approaches these first two days of, of the week. I, I'm sure that they're going to continue to go hard, but at some point are they going to pull back a little bit as we approach Thursday? I just wonder if this is the time where maybe you uh, – the at least, especially that Tuesday practice, you might see – a few more reps for David Blau and the third and fourth group. I mean, that, that just because you got to get them ready. I mean, they're going to play a lot uh, in that first preseason game. So that's that's usually the only difference you see this early in camp. Otherwise, I don't know if the coach is too concerned about having his guys worn out for the game because the, the, the points don't matter. Especially because they're going to practice on Friday afternoon as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's. I think it's kind of interesting. I wonder what kind of data and what the data says – about how they're tracking these guys, because Freddie's talked about this before, how they track these guys and, and, and what key indicators say that maybe a guy needs some time off or needs to you know take it slow. We've seen that with Odell for a couple of days. Uh, because in the guys I've just talked to you know, off the record, the, the thing I keep hearing as I run into them in just you know quick conversation is, yeah, you know, are you feeling good? Yeah, but I'm just tired, man. And, and I understand camp is a grind, but I, I have a feeling that at some point, because of the nature of this camp, that they might get a reprieve that they don't expect as of this point. But then again, listen, you, you can't you can't add a practice on the schedule. I mean, you can, but theoretically you can't uh, it, it just because you're doing something poorly. But you can always cancel a practice if you're performing well. So I, I, maybe that'll happen. We'll see. All right. That's going to wrap up everything from a busy Saturday here at First Energy Stadium and the Orange and Brown scrimmage. Special thanks to everybody who came down and spent the afternoon with us uh, from our fan base. It was a great day, good day, and a good chance to see what you're going to be seeing here through the preseason and hopefully into September. If you like this podcast and want to hear more of these podcasts, log on to clevelandbrowns.com or wherever you get your Cleveland Browns podcasts. For Andrew Gribble, for Nick Shook, I'm Jason Gibbs. This is the best podcast available.